Hello, and welcome to Reading Matter, your podcast about fiction and non-fiction books. So I have taken a short break from recording my episodes, but now I'm back and I continue discovering different crime fiction stories. Last time I was talking about a novel, The Eighth Detective by Alex Pavese, and today's main character, the book of the episode, has a very similar title. It is called The Eight Perfect Murders. It is a novel by Peter Swanson, who is already an established author. The Eight Perfect Murders was published in 2020, so that is quite a recent release, and I have listened to it as an audiobook. I quite enjoyed this adventure. As I said, I'm relatively new and not particularly educated in the genre of crime fiction detective stories. I do enjoy some good ones. So this novel is quick-paced and the narrator actually fit perfectly. I wish I could spend more time in this story, actually, if it maybe just continued unraveling more and more mysteries. I will keep this episode spoiler-free because I believe, especially for crime fiction, it's important to reveal as little as possible or at least only those elements that kind of can give a hint of what the actual uh, mystery is but not explicitly say what is the whole thing is for. Right, so the premise is uh, relatively simple and seems to be even somewhat traditional uh, for crime fiction. We have a man here who is an owner and a bookseller at the Old Devil's bookstore somewhere in Boston. This bookstore is famous because it specializes on crime fiction and mystery and thrillers. It's also famous because it has a cat, right? Yeah, there is a bookstore cat involved, which I think is adorable and definitely always works as a good attraction to both tourists in the novel and uh, readers outside of it. Right, so um, there is this really, really nice bookstore. Even me as not a, a huge fan of a detective genre, I still would love to visit this place. I think it has charismatic personnel and to be honest while I was reading it even reminded me a little bit of uh, The Diary of a Bookseller by Sean Bythel, the Scottish bookseller who wrote a sort of memoir uh, in two parts I believe of uh, his everyday life as a bookseller and I do see a lot of parallels maybe maybe Peter Swanson was inspired or at least his protagonist, Malcolm, was inspired by um, the image of Sean Bythel. Um, The same way as Sean Bythel has some peculiar employees at his bookstore, Mal, Malcolm, our protagonist, also employs uh, very interesting people who benefit to the overall mystery, because at some point I'll get down to the (laughs) actual, like, conflict of the mystery itself in a moment, but you do start suspecting all of them. And each and every one of them seems to be like a perfect candidate for, let's just call it an antagonist. (laughs) That's right. So, and the main problem is our bookseller is just working, living his life, working his work, doing his job and enjoying some books. Um, uh, Until one day, an FBI officer shows up at his doorstep 
and she has an idea that several recent crimes, murders committed in different states in, in, in the US have something in common. Somehow she managed to discover that those crimes repeat some other crimes committed in famous literary works. Not all of them, but some of them. And there was only one spot where they all intersect, meaning a blog post that Malcolm, while still being an intern at the bookstore many years ago, posted on the blog because, you know, there is a bookstore with a cat and charismatic bookseller. And of course, there is a book blog to go with it. What else can we ask for? <laughs> right? Um, so yes, apparently several years ago, Malcolm posted a blog post with his idea of the eight perfect murders, where he described several novels that, according to his view, basically presented those kind of murders that are or would have been unsolvable. So the list of those novels includes Agatha Christie's ABC Murders, Ira Levin's Death Trap, Patricia Highsmith's Strangers on the Train, Donut Hart's A Secret History, Anthony Berkeley Cox's Malice A Forethought, James M. Cain's Double Indemnity, Joan D. MacDonald's The Drowner, and Red House Mystery by A.A. A. Milne. That's right, so out of this whole list, me personally, I have only read ABC Murders, and I believe, yeah, the rest of them are not really known to me. And if you're not an active uh, crime fiction reader, you probably don't know that those plots, but this is not a big deal because basically in the book, um, narrator tells a lot about the main ideas and the structure of the plot of those crime novels. The disadvantage is if you do plan to read them one day, <laughs> you are at the risk of spoiling um, the most important parts about it. It's the same thing as when, you know, sometimes people discuss Agatha Christie's um, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd by describing its main detail that basically unravels the whole mystery from the beginning. So it, the reader just does not get to solve the puzzle themselves. But anyway, so if you're not afraid of spoilers, if you have read those books, just I would recommend grabbing The Eight Perfect Murders for an entertaining evening read. It's not a very long book, it's about 270 pages, so the audiobook was also like about average eight hours or even less. It was definitely quick paced. I found the mystery compelling because as the FBI agent and Malcolm start investigating into the possibility of the connection of that old blog post to the murders that have been happening um, quite recently, you discover a lot of other smaller mysteries on the way. And I found the ending completely shocking and surprising. I did not see that coming. I did have some suspicions, but at first I was thinking more like, well, this is just the quirkiness of an old bookseller. Again, Sean Bytel. <laughs> um, I could not stop comparing these two books. In the discussion with one, one of my friends, we both noticed that the ending was a little bit too delayed. The last two chapters maybe were just a little bit too slow paced and repeating the same thing again and again. But then basically, if you're a quick reader, that is not so bad. The narrator does not just jump straight to the facts to reveal us the mystery and the resolution of the whole crime or multiple crimes, but he takes his time to sort of 
play with these ideas, to enjoy it, to see how smart he is, this kind of thing. Yeah. I would like to maybe also read out one quote because I think as any kind of reader, you would relate to it. Books are time travel. True readers all know this. But books don't just take you back to the time in which they were written. They can take you back to different version of yourself. So I do like that phrase. I know it might sound a little bit like, you know, like one of those <laughs> sayings that somebody posts on Instagram on a nice background, trying to attract more bookstagrammers or readers uh, to follow their account. And I totally enjoy those kind of things. <laughs> I wish I could have, I don't know, like a, maybe a sticker with this phrase. But generally for me, this already designates a book that is an exciting reading experience written for readers to enjoy revisiting themselves and their own experiences when they were reading the eight perfect murders listed on the blog post or in this novel. Yeah, so I guess this is just an, a little bit longish review of what the book is about and what kind of feelings it gave me. I definitely enjoyed reading it. It was an entertaining read and if you're looking for something that's quick paced, uh, it's a contemporary crime fiction set in Boston and around it. So it's relatively urban and just nice because it's not explicitly bloody, but it does have a lot of mind games in there. And you stay intrigued till the very end. So let me know if you have read this novel. What were your thoughts on that? Comment on Instagram or on YouTube. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.